Welcome. You may be a member at Rochester Church of Christ, or you may follow us regularly online, or you may have been referred to this by a friend. Either way, we're glad you're here. This is Adam Hill, Minister of the Word at Rochester Church of Christ, and I hope that this message will speak into your life with the good news about Jesus. Isn't it so awesome, our, uh, the, just the generations that we have at this church? If you were to go around and visit churches around the country, many churches are dying. And that's a sad, sad truth. And when you walk in, you don't see all young folks in those churches. And it's a sad thing, and we are blessed to be a part of this congregation. Amen? We're wrapping up our series yesterday, today, and forever. And Hebrews 13, 8 has been our text that has kind of surrounded all of this uh, series for the last three weeks. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, forever, it's an interesting word. Do we actually understand it? I mean, we use it as hyperbole all the time, right? Like, man, it took forever to get my order at Starbucks. Or my homework took forever. But do we, or actually can we, know what forever means? I mean, we're finite beings, right? We're not infinite. Right now here on earth, we're finite beings, meaning that we have an expiration date. Once we are born, we then are people who are dying. And that's grim, but how can we really understand a forever being? How can we understand the author of Hebrews when he says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever? But we believe in an infinite. We believe in an infinite even though we've never experienced it. How strange is that? I've really appreciated what Adam has shared the last couple weeks. And Adam has talked about mental health. And I know that it has resonated a lot with folks and resonated beautifully with folks. Because mental health is one of those taboo things. It's one of those things that for many years you don't talk about. Now, growing up in San Diego, this is where I grew up. I was born in L.A. and I grew up in San Diego. Growing up there, I had heard of this thing called seasonal depression. But no one ever experienced it. <laughs> it wasn't a real thing. Like, that's just a made-up thing, right? Then about 10 years ago, I moved to Michigan. <laughs> And you have winter for five or six months, and you're like, oh, that's what seasonal depression is. That's what it feels like. I had heard of it, but I didn't believe it. And we are finite beings that we have to trust in an infinite, an infinite God, a love, a God that ha- whose love endures forever, a God who invites us to spend eternity with him, who creates space whose love draws us into a life forever. Also, as a kid, I heard this phrase a lot. Sticks and stones may break my bones, 
but words will never Man, what a bunch of nonsense. But it was like the axiom to live by. You live by that. Oh, yeah, you can hurt me physically, but inside I'm tough, I'm strong. Man, what were our teachers teaching? What were our parents telling us? What have we told others? Say, like, just hang in there, just suck it up. It'll be okay. The last few years have certainly been strange with COVID. See, before COVID, we had people who were dealing with anxiety and, and COVID happened and it seemed like our anxiety went through the roof for a variety of reasons. For time spent alone, isolation, for having to go with the different political landscape and masks and no masks and all this stuff and our anxiety went through the roof and came to levels where we're like, I don't even know how to handle this stuff. And then there's those of us who maybe never dealt with anxiety. And we went through COVID and then we're like, what's this weird feeling I'm having? I've never known this. I don't like it. And these studies are showing that this is the case, that this is a new reality that we're living in. There's this company called Mental Health America and they screen over 2 million people annually. And then they provide a report from those voluntary responses from people around the country. And they identify the variety of concerns that people have. And through that report, they identify those who are having moderate to severe mental health conditions. Here are the top three things that they identified. Loneliness. People are more lonely than ever. Past trauma. That those with moderate to severe health conditions, past trauma is a huge concern of theirs. It's something that maybe they have yet to deal with. And thirdly, relationship problems. Of those folks, those 11 to 17 year olds, 70% of them identified loneliness as a severe problem. And 18-year-olds and above aren't much better, 63% of people. We are the most connected people in history. And we're the loneliest? Wow. Is that sad or what? What's going on? What is going on? We're hurting and we need real relationship. Digital relationship is not gonna cut it. It ain't. Even if that's our prime definer of relationship. And our teens are growing up in a world where that's the truth. And so how do you break down a truth like that to have real relationship? And then when you spend time together, you're like, oh yeah. That's what I need, I need more of. But with the world, your culture is pulling you towards a way, man, it sure is hard to get out of it. And guess what? It takes work. It's not easy. And it's way easier to stay comfortable. It's a lot easier to go in your room, 
Or when you're dealing with traumatic things in your life, it's a lot easier to just be alone. It's a whole lot easier not to deal with your hurt in your relationships. Do you all ever have those internal conversations? Let's say you have a problem with somebody. And you have an issue and you know you need to talk about it, but it's just, that's too hard. But in your inner workings of your head, you start to have the conversation. And you say it, but then you're like, and they will respond like this. I know it. And then I'll respond like this. And then, ooh, they will say that, and I'm going to say this, and they're going to say that, and oh, I have this comeback. And I'm going to say this. And next thing you know, you're super mad at the person for a conversation you had in your own head. <laughs> Insecurity and anxiety can totally attack that way. I know it does for me. Or maybe you just dread going someplace. You'd rather not be there. And if I'm in that place, my anxiety goes through the roof. Or maybe it's with some person. Or maybe it's doing some activity. And people might know you're dealing with this and you just don't want to have that conversation. And so it's better if I just isolate. And then we say, forever? It forever does not sound that good if it consists of this. Sounds pretty terrible, actually. It forever consists of this. September 16th, 2002, I was blessed to donate part of my liver to my mom. Every year on our anniversary, we would talk. We would go to lunch. We would hang out. My mom's health was never really recovered afterwards. Uh, she went through really bad health problems the rest of her, her life. She lived another uh, 17 years, 16 and a half years after the, the donation. Doctors gave her about a 75% chance of making it five years. And under 50% chance, closer to 30 or 40% chance of making it 10 years. Mom made it 16 years. But every year, we would share some of our physical struggles, the things that we were dealing with. And I would remind her, Mom, this doesn't last forever. One day, one day, I don't know what day that will be, your body will be completely healed. You'll never have to deal with the scars and the pains, the ports that are coming out of your body, the burn wounds from being resuscitated, the way that you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror, or the way that you feel about yourself when people are having to do the things that you wish you could do yourself. It's not gonna last forever. One day, you will be completely restored. One day, you'll be completely healthy. One day, we'll not have to deal with the problems on this earth. And that's a forever I can get behind. That's what we get. Are you lonely? Man, talk to somebody. Like a 
like a real life person. Go out with a friend. Ask for people to pray for you. Let them in on what you're going through. Don't isolate and just be in your head. You have past trauma that you haven't dealt with? Get on the phone. We have these amazing little computers in our pocket. You can find yourself a support group. Talk to one of the leaders here. Let's get you in to see a therapist. Let's take the negative connotation of therapist out of the equation. It's not. It's important for you. It's important for me. You can't afford it? Talk to us. We'll make it happen. My guess is that there's a lot of us in this room who have some trauma that we haven't dealt with. Let's work on it together. Find someone. Just be real. Do you have some relationship problems? Join that party. We all have relationship problems. Some of them might be worse than others. And yeah, it can be brutal. And I think when we're dealing with those, devil has a great way of saying just don't. Just isolate yourself. That's way easier. And then what happens? We fall into that cycle of loneliness. And it creates trauma. Relationship problems. It's just an ugly cycle. Romans 12, 18. One of my favorite verses in the Bible says, If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There's some things in life that you're in control of. Some things that aren't. If you want to deal with relationship problems, can't always control how they're going to respond. But you can control how you're going to respond. You can control how you might initiate health in that relationship. And I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but... If you're going, something through, going through something bad, it's not going to last forever. It's not. Are you depressed? It's not going to last forever. Is your body breaking down? It's not going to last forever. Do you have work problems? They're not going to last forever. Do you have relationship problems? They're not going to last forever. You have cancer? It's not going to last forever. And this just is not pie-in-the-sky talk. And no, there's not a fee, like an easy fix. And there's not a magic wand that I could weigh over the crowd, and we're all good. But there is a cross. And the cross is what we believe in. And the cross is what points to forever, not the difficulties that we have here on earth, but we point to a cross because we can get behind that forever. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. God has got the forever figured out. And we are the people that can live into that promise. Last year at Elevate, one of the final days of the week, uh, as what happens when you get 120 teens together and you're playing crazy sports, injuries can occur. 
And we had one who, um, this kid named Jahim, and Jahim had hurt his knee and he thought that it was like he blew his knee out, like it was torn ACL or something. And so I take him to the nurse and we're, we're talking with the, the nurse and trying to figure out what the best way forward. Jahim was 18 and Jahim at the time, he didn't have uh, insurance. And so we're figuring out, okay, well, how's this gonna work? And so I'm like, well, I'll, I'll take him to the hospital. We have Cole, who is uh, the other director that directed Elevate with me. He can hold down the fort here with our staff and I'll go with Jaheem to the, to the hospital. So we're talking with his mom on the phone and trying to figure out best steps to do. And so I passed the phone to the nurse and then all of a sudden the nurse was like, ma'am, ma'am, is everything okay? Ma'am, are you okay? Her phone had dropped, and we found this out later. And someone had come in with a gun in an attempt to eliminate someone from that house. And we were on the phone during that. The phone had been hung up turned off or whatever, and no amount of calling back could we find an answer. So here I am with this kid, bust up knee, and now he's wondering who in his family might have just been shot. I want to tell you there's no class in school or in college that prepares you for that one. So Jaheem and I make our way to the hospital. He's in both pain and shock, physically and emotionally and mentally. He just doesn't know what to do. So what's my role? To be a rock, to be a foundation in the uncertainty that he's dealing with right now? to be there with him and try to get a hold of family members, to make sure that the doctors are treating him physically while I do my best to treat the spiritual and emotional needs that he's not even understanding. Well, the teens had known that there was something up. They didn't know what it was. They just knew that Dan was gone with one of the kids who got hurt at camp. They had no idea about the phone call. They had no idea what was going on with that. Well, a couple, a whole nother 24 hours passed before we actually found out that no one was hurt. Thank God. But he stayed in that moment for a day before we can actually get a hold of somebody. But I remember feeling just so drained as Jaheem and I drove back to campus trying to figure out Okay, I'm moving into this moment to now being with 120 students and 30 staff, and I got to pour into them. How do I do that? What in the world? <laughs> How do you even be prepared for something like that? You don't, unless you've gone through that certain situation before. And when you pull onto the campus of Rochester University, around the back is this loop around the pole. And I remember driving up with Jaheem in the car, and I get outside, 
and this is what I see. That's your youth group. Praying for the unknown. Praying for Jahim and myself. And I lost it. I was bawling like a baby when I saw that. It's a beautiful, encouraging thing to see those students praying for the unknown, praying for what they knew, asking for support. And so after I got that picture, because I wanted that, it etched in my memory forever. I snuck up and joined the circle. The two or three kids next to me knew, no one else did, and their prayers were unbelievable, y'all. Pleading out to a God for God to act in whatever way God needs to act. Their words of encouragement meant the world to me and mean the world to me. That's a forever I can get behind. Man. There's this beautiful psalm, and we're going to end with this. And there's a, there's a line, and then there's a response. And you all are actually going to be the response. And it's the same thing over and over. It says, his love endures forever. And so I'm going to read the first line, and you as a congregation are going to join me in this. And I want to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of God's word and the recitation of God's word. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. God, help us to live into that forever. God, to live into, as we are in this world, God, we know that there are just, God, it is, it's hard. It's difficult. We don't know the answers. on how to necessarily deal with all the stuff that we're going through. But God, help us to know that the cross points us to a forever that we can get behind. Not this finite time on earth, but help us to live into that forever while we are here on this earth. Help us to get behind that, God, to live in a way that points to your forever, that points to your cross. And God, we pray all these things in your son's holy name. And the church said, Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I want to invite Kenny up and the rest of the team.
There's this man named Jimmy Valvano, Jimmy V for short. He was the head basketball coach at UNLV for the men's team. He was diagnosed with cancer in the early 90s. It was a cancer that would eventually take his life. Well, at the ESPYs, which is the yearly awards that the network ESPN has, the highlight sports and the highlight teams and individual accomplishments, he stood up in front of the crowd. He spoke ill eloquently and brilliantly, and he finished with these words, don't give up, don't ever give up. Since then, the Jimmy V Foundation has funded over $150 million in cancer research grants. Yearly now, there's a Jimmy V Award given at the ESPYs. And it's an award given to an individual who's shown incredible perseverance in their personal and or professional life. Don't give up. You might be going through something that's unimaginable. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. If you need to come forward today and respond, if you need prayers, I'm going to invite a couple of our elders up here to come and be with you. I'll, I'll be up here in the middle. If you want prayers, someone just to love on you, if you want to share, we want to invite you to do so. But we also want to create space, if you are ready, to say, Jesus is my Lord forever and ever, and give your life to Christ and be baptized, we're here for that too and would love to celebrate that decision. Will you all stand and sing and come forward if you, uh, if you feel called to do that? Rochester Church of Christ is called to live God's gospel, truth, and love with the world so that we all may find life together in God. We are not a perfect people, but we long to live in ways that help people see God and the kingdom more clearly. To learn more about our family of faith or to connect with us, visit www.rochestercoc.org. Remember, you are loved and chosen.